Hello and welcome to this very special edition of Copcast on World Football Index. Um, special because Liverpool have finally won a match. We beat Leicester yesterday, 3-2. And to discuss this with me today, I've got two pod regulars in Neil Patterson and Ali Thompson. How are you guys? Yeah, fine. Thanks, Ums. Much better after yesterday. Nice to get back to winning ways. Yeah, nice little pick-me-up, wasn't it? Absolutely. And yourself, Ali? Yeah, great. Same as Neil. Just it was nice to finally get a, get a win again. Brilliant, yeah. OK, we'll just get straight into it then. I mean, as you guys mentioned, we've been on this um, winless run for quite a while now and it was a must-win game, really. Um, and it was an end-to-end game with so many talking points, um, which we're going to obviously touch on as we go along. And it was a little bit of revenge for for the midweek loss in the League Cup as well, because that was just horrific Um as you guys remember. Um, but yeah, we'll just, just guys, just give me your thoughts. So I'll start with Neil there. What do you, what were your thoughts overall on the match? And then we'll go into a little bit more detail with the specific parts as we go along. Well, it was obviously a great game to watch for fans of, uh, uh, of a non-partisan nature and like for the neutral or whatever. Obviously it was uh, one of the first games on, on match of the day. It was a very exciting game. I, I think Liverpool generally control the game for definitely most of the first half. It was, um, you know, even enough in the opening exchanges, but I think Liverpool were still on top and, you know, the goal came at the right time. It's a great goal. Um, and then we go on, we capitalise, we score just a, a few minutes later and we're two up by 21 minutes. And from 21 to, to, to 45, 46, you know, I think we're um, we're pretty much in control of the game. <laughs> Somehow we we contrived to to go in at two one. Although I don't think the corner should really be taken because it's forty seven thirty. The corner yeah. is taken and the ball goes yeah. dead from the free kick. So I did I did wonder where all that injury time came from as well. I mean I'm I missed the first sort of ten to twenty or ten or twelve minutes. So I'm not sure if there was anything there for that long. No, well, there's nothing I can I can really think of at the moment. But I mean maybe there was a stoppage. Maybe somebody was a bit injured or something. But certainly it was two minutes. And they got a free kick on the foot, which which was never a free kick. I think on the forty seventh minute, and they took that, and the ball went over the bar. Man United makes a save, ball goes over the bar, and for me that should be the end of the half there. But anyway, they take the corner, and second half again. I mean, you know, it's, it's even enough, but you'd say things were going pretty well for Liverpool, and we go three one, and then. You, I mean, I had sort of been saying at halftime that Francis now to go and win, but probably win four one here because I think they'll um, they'll commit more now that two one. They'll have a lot of belief and we'll be able to pick them off. It's a great goal. It was scored to go three one, but it concedes so quickly afterwards. Then, it, then you know, then then it kind of it almost cancels out all that good work and all that build up. You know, the ten minutes of build up to that goal. Um, you're, you're right back where you were, and then the penalty. I mean. Manelli makes it makes an absolute hash of it, but for me, I don't think it is a penalty because he he does get the ball first, and even if he connects with Vardy, which he does, because he's touched the ball, Vardy's not going to get it. The, the defenders are back; they're you know covering the manips in possession whenever the penalty's given. Um, so for me, it's not a penalty anyway. They give it. Manelli's stood up and saved. It's a good save, but really he shouldn't give the penalty away in the first place. Uh, but really, then after the penalty, we don't we don't look like um, conceding. After that, if anything, we're, we're the side that looks more likely to go on and score again. So all in all, it, it was a must win. I mean, 
you know, as a Liverpool fan, when you're not winning, even when you are, every game seems like a must win, but this really was. We wanted to sort of break out of that funk. Um, four games without a win uh, was not what anyone wanted. And it was nice to break out of it, you know, before Mane comes back as well. So it's not just another case of, oh, we needed Sadio Mane to come back to, to show. Because we had played all right in, in most of the games and, and, and hadn't got the results. So it's nice, positive spin on on everything now. Everyone's happy. We're going in the Champions League game now in a positive mood. Coutinho's, you know, reintegrated. And um, Mane's coming back. And we've got a full complement of, of forwards and players now. So all good. Yeah, you're right about the kind of the toxic atmosphere that was building up because obviously we we hadn't won for a few games and then add to that there was an international break so it just had just it seemed like forever didn't it it was almost a month since we yeah. beat Arsenal so it was all sort of collecting up and it was um, although it was touch and go at the end there I know you're saying we we um, looked like we were going to win at the end but it was pretty <laughs> um, tough last 10-15 minutes for, for us to watch as it normally is with Liverpool um, but yeah we, we hung on in the end to win and, and you know get a vital three points so Ali what, what are your thoughts anything you want to add or anything you want to sort of argue with Neil about there? No it's pretty much the same as Neil it was it was kind of a typical Liverpool performance really we, we controlled the majority of parts of the game we had loads of possession we give away goals like opposition don't work for them it seems to be individual mistakes. One thing I'll say about the penalty is, looking back, it's it's, it's probably not a penalty um, in real time. Again, just at first look, I thought just it's just automatic. Like, what's Mike really doing? Like, why has he been such a coward in the way he's going with that ball? I mean, he's a goalkeeper. He needs to just coming out claiming that ball with his hands. The striker's not getting anywhere near it. I mean, he's he's favourite to get it. There's just no need for it. So again, it just comes down to our basic mistakes that we're giving away goals, not not teams creating. Like I, I wouldn't mind conceding goals that our teams, you know, worked really hard and and earned, earned a chance. But it's just be, always basic mistakes for us, and that's the most frustrating thing. And I, I wasn't like, even watching it back. I just I, I'm not sure how Neil can be so was so confident at the end. That was that was my only thing. I just it, it was Liverpool. There's never there's never any confidence in. And holding games. I think Klopp might agree with you. I don't know if you guys remember at the end when uh, it, I think it was a 92nd or third minute when Leicester got a free kick and you, Klopp's face. I don't know if you saw the sarcastic smile on his face. Mm. It was almost like, oh my God, here we go again type of look on his face. It doesn't kind of fool you with confidence if the, if the players um, had a look over to him. But yeah, you're right. It doesn't, yeah, I, I don't get Neil's confidence there either and how. <laughs> Yeah, we thought we were going to win it. Um, I wasn't quite so confident necessarily at the time. Obviously, you're watching it and you're like, you know, you're being pegged back. So you sort of think, right, just hang on. But, you know, I, I don't know what you mean. But, the, you know, there were one or two moments maybe where the, you get a the giveaway, a free kick, and you think, oh, dear. But in the end, they didn't really produce anything after that point. I think missing the penalty kind of was the end for them in that sense. And, and while we weren't necessarily brilliant defensively, Last twenty or whatever, last last fifteen, we we did enough, and it didn't really look like they were were going to get back into it. Obviously, with Liverpool, you always have the worry that are we going to drop another clanger or whatever. But you know, like I say, we did enough, and um, I think it was important. You know, we we mentioned midweek, and you know, if we'd have had to pick one of the games to win, you'd have picked. I think we'd have all picked this one, and luckily enough, it's worked out that we've won it. 
last few seasons against Leicester, they've been a bogey team, particularly at um, at the, the King Power, whatever they, they call it these days, it is the King Power. And it, it's good to sort of get that monkey off your back. And, you know, it's nice to get one over Jamie Vardy and sausage head Craig Shakespeare. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he just looks like a fucking sausage. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, big fan <laughs> it's, it's nice to just fucking get one over them and, you know, to kind of get a bit of revenge for the last little while. And um, we could have done better. Mignolet was poor. I would like him. Hopefully we'll come on to chat a bit more about the keepers a bit later on. But, you know, all in all, you're just fucking happy to get out of there with three points. Yeah. Well, we, we could chat about Mignolet now, actually. I mean, he's always been criticised um, from fans for just making errors and not being confident, not claiming the ball when he should and not commanding his box. Um do you think he was a bit hard done by? I mean, he was fouled on the first goal. I think we can all agree. Um, the second one, he, he did the second goal, which, you know, he parried into Vardy's path, really. I mean, he made the original save from, I think it was Gray. And then it kind of fell into Vardy's path. And then, you know, he did concede the penalty. It was terrible, really. I mean, I know you you were saying, um, Neil, that he, he might have got the ball, but he, the follow through was just, he hacked the poor guy down in the penalty box. It was, I think that was what... Um, the referee saw, and then then he saves it as well. So you kind of saw a bit of everything from Mignolet. What what do you want to say a bit more about on him? Yeah, well, I mean, he's a bit of a. I mean, in that regard, he's a bit of a bit of a John Joe Shelby. You know, he you always get sort of a bit of everything from the sublime to the ridiculous. I mean, he's very good at saving penalties. He's got the best record in the in the Premier League of saving penalties. It is something pretty impressive, like. I think it's, what is it, 8 out of 15 or something altogether and, and 5 of the last 7 or something I heard. Uh, that might not be exactly right, but it's, it's pretty close. So that that's great. Yeah, and I know why the penalty was given. Don't get me wrong. It was clumsy as fuck. And yeah. and he should have done far, far better. Ali said he could have got, gotten it with his hands. He should have. Probably should have been braver. You notice that with Mignolet a lot, that he goes for things like that with his feet. Um, there was another instance in the first half where he, he did the same, but he, he kind of got away with it. About parrying the ball back into Vardy's path. I mean, he does that in the first first 10 minutes, parries a Vardy effort back into Okazaki's path, I think, and, and he misses from close range. Uh, so we could have been 1-0 behind, and that would have, would have been a you know not a great start. And it all could have been so different. But I think Mignolet in general is, is essentially an accident waiting to happen. He might make great saves, uh, and he does often make good saves, but he gets away with a lot. He gets away with a lot. He parries the ball back into play a lot. His starting position is awful. His distribution is absolutely awful. He still dallies on the ball here and there. He makes the, the kind of errors and, and and has the kind of same hesitation that that when Carrius does it. And the, to be fair, the crowd used to do it with Manuelet. Uh, but then Carriers kind of took their attention away from him and he was reborn as, as kind of a, not if not our saviour, then then certainly uh, he was remembered to be much better than, than he actually was. And he's reverted to the mean. The opposition always has a chance with him. And, and personally, I think that we play we play in a different way when he plays um, compared to, to Carriers because his starting position is, is so much deeper that we play much deeper. And I think that affects results. I think it affects style of play. I think it affects a lot of things. I'm not necessarily saying that the Karras is the answer, but I'm saying that if he isn't, then we need to sign another keeper. And and this should be obvious. Personally, I think the club does want to give Karras a chance, and that's why he's using him in the Champions League. 
But I think it's time that he needs to, he needs to re- be reintegrated because we're seeing the same mistakes from, from Mignolet again and again and again and again and again. And how many seasons has it been now? This must be his fifth season for us. Um, yeah, in 2013, yeah. Yeah. Well, so fourth or fifth season. Um, he's had plenty of games. He's had plenty of chances to, to really up his game. And he hasn't. He's played well in patches here and there. And it, it's not good enough. Like him. I think yesterday he's... Uh, he is fouled for the first uh, first goal, but I think we were talking pretty pod, and I think he either has to be stronger or he needs to realise earlier that he's not getting to the ball because, again, it, it just looks terrible for him. He does well for the penalty save, but he shouldn't be giving the penalty away. Uh, I think we've all we've all said that, so shouldn't really be getting heroes, you know, claimed as a, proclaimed as a hero. Second goal, parry it over, parry it further wide, push it up in the air. Don't just he palms it across into the centre of the goal. It's not good enough. We we all know that we face very few shots on on target, but we concede a lot of goals. And over time, you've got to say at some point a lot of the blame has to rest with the goalkeeper. Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, the with regard to penalties, I think it's he's saved five of the last eight, and you know it's a sad indictment of things when Liverpool fans would rather have a penalty than a corner at the moment. So, um, yeah, yeah, Ali, I wanted to just ask you, I mean, all the things that Neil's just said about Mignolet just not being good enough and not showing the consistency either. Why is it, do you think that Klopp doesn't drop him? What is it that he sees in him? Because he brought Karius in, so he obviously rates Karius and he obviously uh, wanted Karius to be his number one because when he first started, he was meant to start the season and then he had the hand injury. So he didn't play that first season and, and obviously Mignolet had to come in. So why do you think it is now, even though Mignolet seems to keep making these mistakes, that Klopp's still hesitant to bring Karius in as the number one? And he's he's brought him in the Champions League. You know, that's arguably, it could be some argued to some people, more important than the Premier League. Why would he play him in such an important role, but then not trust him with the league? My, my only conclusion I can come to is, is Klopp is very loyal to his players. Now he took Karius out after the, the media spotlight last year and Mig's done done better than what we expected, I guess. He's maybe just seen Mignolia's he's the keeper that got him into the top four and he's going to stick with him. He, he has to see the same mistakes that we see week in, week out, but even like not want to take it away from the goalkeeper too much, but just look at what we've all been saying about defence and defensive midfielder as well. And, and he doesn't see that or he doesn't see the, the need to address that. So... For me, it's his, his loyalty to players, especially to certain players, that may or may not cost him his job in the long run. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've had issues with Lovren being picked again and again. Like, um, every week we mention the same thing. Matip, he brought him in. But he's, he, you're right, he does seem to prefer some players to others. And although there is maybe a mini centre-back crisis brewing, still, you, you would still argue that, you know, someone who makes mistakes every week needs to be... Are dropped or there needs to be some form of competition there which there isn't but yep it may cost him in the long run I guess we can only wait and see um so talking about penalties there was obviously the, the we've also already discussed Vardy's penalty that he missed but there were a couple of other shouts as well you can also touch on the we, I also wanted to talk about Vardy diving for the for the free kick in the first place because I'm, I'm wondering if there's going to be any retrospective action considering FDFA have now brought in these rules um and then obviously there was the Chan penalty that wasn't given uh just I think moments after the original one and then 
on at the other end, Lovren um, was being manhandled at one point as well. So, um, Ali, do you want to talk about that for a bit? First of all, what do you think of, of the Vardy dive and do you think anything's going to happen with it? Yeah, I'll jump in because me and Neil are going to disagree a lot here, I reckon. Um, <laughs> Good, just, just go for it, yeah. Like, like, on the replays, it shows Vardy's dive, right? And in real time, there's no way the referee could see that. He's, they're not that quick at reacting. It's near impossible. We had Suarez for years who did the same. We can't moan when a player dives against us to win a free kick or win a penalty. Will the FA do something about it? I'm not sure it's clear enough diving for them to make an example to go back and, you know, considering how much they let Ashley Young away with for years. Yeah, he's dived. The the Emery Chan one, that's a penalty all day. If they hadn't, ju- if that hadn't just come from so soon after their other, their, their other penalty, that's given as a penalty. I think the assistant is proper shitbagged that one because there's, there's just no defence of that. Like the, the ball wasn't going at pace. There was there was a fair bit of distance between the man and Chan. It wasn't like it was like two yards away, and he had plenty of time to move his hand. Bit, and, and I feel he actually moved his hands towards the ball, just the way his body moved. Um, so I think we got away with that one. I can't really remember the Lobrum one because I only watched the game back. As we said, uh, I, I might have been playing on my phone at some point. It was kind of hard to stay concentrating as much because I knew what was happening, what minute. It, it was when he, um, uh, Maguire literally was um, manhandling him, he's sh- pulling his shirt and pulling him, and then the oh, referee no, I, booked yeah, Lovren for, yeah, yeah. for for complaining that he didn't get it. Did he not book think... Henderson, sorry? No, he booked Lovren for dissent. Ah, I thought it was Henderson he booked for complaining about that. I know what you mean now, yeah. Those ones those ones are hard because Lovren was kind of pulling him at the same time. Um, maybe to try and get away from him. So again, it depends on the angle the referee's seen, but it's just very clever from the defender, isn't it? And it's what our defenders don't do. When our defenders do it, they do it in the way Skirtle did it, and they, they grab his shirt and try to pull him back from five yards and do it that way. But I, I think on those decisions, as we say, like the Vardy, Vardy dived. We, we've had Suarez, we've had many players who do it, and if your players could get away with it, it's going to happen. I've no issue with diving. I know it sounds bad. It's frustrating when it happens fought against you, but you want your player doing it for you at the other end. Um, the Emery Chan one should have been a penalty, and the Lovren one, yeah, I, I can see what you say. I can see what you mean, as in the, there's there's a chance it gets given, but it all just depends on the angle that's going to come from the referee there. Yeah, and players are literally all over each other anyway. Yeah, I guess it's one of those 50 50 ones. Yeah. yeah. Two, two defenders fighting over the ball. You kind of don't want to see a penalty there unless it's blatant. You kind of just want the two defenders to just like fight it out and see who see who wins, gets the who's the stronger and gets the header. Chan penalty. It, they were doing a graphic. I think I can't remember his match of the day or whether it was BT Sport after the game. Um, but they had um, I think Moreno on one side and Henderson on the other were blocking the the official's view of it. So it might have been that it was just, as you said, a bit of bit of luck at the time because it was actually a penalty, wasn't it? What do you... Because it was so close to the other penalty as well, it, it takes yeah. a brave... You know, I mean, we're a big club still and, and Neil spoke about it and Neil Devlin mentioned it in the, in the group as well that they believe we don't get as many decisions. But we're a big club and for a referee to give two penalties, and it's a lot of pressure. Now, that's, that's totally wrong. If it's a penalty, it should still be given a penalty, but it's very rare you're going to see that happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that maybe the referee was blindsided or whatever, or, or 
I think you're definitely right. Not necessarily that um, because it's Liverpool, but I think it's, it's very rare you get two penalties given so quickly for the same side in any game. I mean, it does happen, but it but it's very rare. Once you've given the first one, you're unlikely to give the next one, uh, especially when it's like two minutes afterwards. I personally don't think it was a penalty. Chan ducks his head to head the ball, isn't looking at the ball. I think it's a ridiculous effort to try and head the ball, but he's not looking at the ball. The, the arms are by the side, short of putting them completely behind his back. And even then, when he does, it probably would still hit his arm, the top of his arm. So I, I don't really think it was a penalty. The Lovren one, no, I don't think he get them. I think think you're right, man. I think it's um, 50-50, six of one and half a dozen of the other. And, and you very, very rarely get them. And um, was the other one Vardy? Vardy's was the dive. Vardy's was the dive, dive, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not a big sort of, you know, anti-dive kind of guy. I mean, I sort of accept it as part of the game stuff. But I think the referee should be a bit wiser. Um, you can see what he's looking to do the whole time. You can see Matip doesn't really make any effort to to make contact with Vardy. The Vardy runs across the front of him. Um, you know when it's Jamie Vardy running the pace, you've got to know. I mean, Ali said pre-pod you can't go on reputation, and that's fine. But you've also got to know that. He's likely to to be looking for something like that. So you've got to make extra sure that it is a, a free kick. And for me, it's not. It's not a free kick at all. And he's got loads of previous. You know, that's life. <clears throat> it's kind of given. And they profit from a few things like that, like the, the Okazaki file and stuff. But I think we just have to be a little bit clever. I don't think Madip has to be quite so close. I think he could just, uh, just slow down slightly because Vardy's never getting the ball. You know, anyway, it, it sort of evened itself out in the end. Vardy missed his penalty um, and that was the kind of defining moment for him in the game. So we got the last laugh. I'm surprised you're really both so philosophical about it. <laughs> I, I you know, was really angry when I saw the um, the replays. Uh, but as you said, I don't think anything's going to come of it either. I believe that any retrospective ban probably won't happen. Um, yeah, so... and I'm, I wonder if you would have thought the same if the, the penalty had been taken. So... <laughs> We'd have to, hopefully it doesn't happen again, but if it does, then we'll see how philosophical you are about it then. I yeah, guess. well, I mean, if it had been a, if it had been a penalty and um, and they'd scored from it, then it would have been much more, um, <laughs> much more if, if the result had been different, obviously, but, you know, you, you, you know, sort of view things in context, don't you? Yeah, I guess so. Okay, let's just move on to a couple of other players then, because you had two players, I think, believe that stood out. Philip Coutinho. And then Jordan Henderson, some say, had a brilliant second half. And But he's kind of those ones that divides opinion so much. You can probably find the same amount of people saying he wasn't very good either. So, um, first of all, we'll start with Phil, because obviously he he played a major role in that first half. He assisted um, Salah's goal in the first place. And then he took that brilliant free kick. And you kind of like, you felt like a relief around the stadium, didn't you? Or among the fans even, it was quite palpable even on Twitter um, because of all the troubles that he's had in the last kind of five, six, seven weeks with the transfer saga um, and then him coming back. And he almost looked a little bit embarrassed in the beginning and he was trying a bit too hard in some games. I think he just needed to score to get it off his chest and to kind of get back into our good book, so to speak. So... What did you make of his performance, um, Neil? Let's go back to you. And do you think that it was he your man of the match, or was or, you know? Do you think Henderson was a bit better, or, or how do you think that went? 
I don't know, man of the match is difficult, but they, they were both very good. Um, Coutinho was was absolutely exceptional in the first half, in particular. Some of the some of the passing, some of the dribble dribbling. Um, obviously, he sets up the first goal with a great cross. His link up play with Salah is excellent. Um, his, his general link up play was great. And he scores a brilliant free kick. Apparently, it took a slight deflection, did it? I mean, I haven't really seen that, um, but I've heard from people. But it must have been pretty slight, like, wasn't it? It's funny you say that because I was watching the goal back earlier and my son actually noticed it. And I was like, no, no, there was no deflection. <laughs> but apparently there was a slight deflection on there. I, I think it was minimal. Yeah. Minimal. I mean, it's an absolutely magical free kick. And it was everybody needed it. He needed it. Um, that we referenced, you referenced the trouble that he's had, but also the trouble that he's caused. It, it's only right. I'm, I'm sort of glad that he felt a bit sheepish yeah, coming been, back. Being a naughty boy, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So he went a long way to, to making it up to to most people yesterday, and there'll always be a few that kind of go, I've written him off now and go, well, whatever. But we want him back. We want him firing. We want him to produce his best ever season for us. We hope he doesn't go next season. But if he does, we want him to go off the back of, of you know, his best ever season in a red shirt. So it's only going to help us. I think it was great. Henderson, yeah, he's, he's been, been poor in recent weeks. There's there's no doubt. Um, he's immune. He's immune from a lot of criticism uh, in a lot of circles. On certain other ones, he, he, he gets kind of abuse, which is, in a way, well, often unwarranted, but there is a middle ground. But um, he has been poor. Yesterday, he was, he was very good. Uh, and he was very good in the second half in particular rooms, as you, as you referenced there. I just watched the game back. And um, he's everywhere in the second half. Breaks up a lot, a lot of interceptions, a lot of intelligent play. Keeps things ticking over really, really well. He, he kind of sets the pace of the game, which a lot of people say he can't do. But when he is on form, he can do it. Let's hope that... This is a, a sign that he's going to go on and continue and deliver that consistently. Um, hopefully it means that he's maybe getting over his injury or at least getting into a phase of the injury where he can manage the pain a little bit better because it was not looking good for him. Uh, it hadn't been looking good for him in the last few weeks, certainly. Even really this season, he'd shown the odd, the odd patch where he was all right, but it had been pretty disappointing stuff from him. So I'm glad to see that he's... Um, you know, he stepped up, and I'm also, you know, it was a, it was a com- much more captain-like performance, much more vocal performance. There was a lot more of that in general from Liverpool. Um, so great to have Coutinho back, assimilated, as they say, and and nice to have Henderson kind of on the, yeah, having his form improve and and having um, him perhaps growing into the role in the team, kind of growing into the role a little bit more and and becoming a little bit more dominant. Great now to have Mane coming back. A word from Mo Salah as well, who was excellent again yesterday and a constant thorn and a great opening goal. Yeah, although people still, you know, look at the couple of misses that he had and not the bigger picture, which I find a bit strange. But you know, it's so bizarre though. I mean, every striker <laughs> is going to miss yeah, chances. The can't point score is, them all. he can't score them all. Yeah, otherwise it's it's going to be unbelievable figures. What is it? Six in nine games or something he's got, or six in ten games? Yeah, six in nine. Yeah. So I mean, who who can complain? Yeah, because you had the um, the when Chan hit the post uh, in about after the twelfth or thirteenth minute, and then the ball came back to him, and it wasn't like the Colo Torre one with the Suarez post. It, you know, Colo Torre didn't have any, a second to think, but it seemed to me like he had a, a little yeah, he a of seconds to think. He should have hit the target at least, and then the the, the, the header that he scores was pretty tight angle, and it was uh, it's much more difficult than that one that he had just moments before. So 
you know, you can't really um, criticise him for that, can we? No, I don't think so. And I think it, when it does come back in the post to me, he does have time. When I watched it the first time in, in live, you know, I, I thought, fuck, it came really quick. But he does have time. He, he, he sees it all the way because he's alive to it. He's sort of anticipating it's going to come back as soon as the shot's hit. And he should score. There's no doubt about it. But he scores, what, three minutes later? So, I mean, he makes amends pretty quickly. He ends the season with, with similar kind of stats and he scored fucking 30 goals. Who's going to say, ah, oh, but he missed a lot of chances? Well, maybe, but how many strikers score 50 goals in a season? That's true. That's very true. Um, and Ali, I just wanted to ask you what your thoughts on Henderson were because I, before it been in the first half, I, and not just maybe yesterday, but before as well, you know, everyone's always a bit frustrated and I find it sometimes as well where he always kind of plays a safe pass. He doesn't, I mean, even when he's sometimes had a shot on goal, he always looks to pass it to someone else. It, almost seems like he doesn't want he's a bit scared of the ball or he doesn't want to take responsibility for it and I think that's why people kind of question the leadership and and as Neil said he did have that fantastic second half where he was taking things on and then changed the game and kind of took it by the scruff of the neck really a little bit not comparing him to Gerard before anyone abuses me but similarly how somebody would influence the game he, he managed to do that in the second half obviously we can all agree he doesn't do it nearly as enough and he needs to do to do it a lot, a lot more. What were your thoughts on him and, you know, afterwards as well, if you want to touch on Phil as well? I kind of don't want, don't want to say because it sounds like it's I'm, I'm Auntie Henderson, but I, I really do believe the praise is, is over the top. I thought he had a good game, nothing more. I thought it's the, the minimum sort of performance he should be giving us. Bear in mind he's the captain. Um, he should be the main leader in that team. Everything he's given us all this season has been completely underperforming. Um, and that's just... Uh, and it, even, even then, it was only the second half of the game yesterday that he really stepped up to, to the level he should be playing at. Um, I think Neil Devlin's put out a few times about how the, the midfield was kind of tweaked. And, and I think that was true. And, and I, I we've always said Henderson's better role is that, is that box-to-box, you know, going-forward role. Um, mm-hmm. even in 13-14 how instrumental he was for us and I, I don't want to harp on about that season because he's never really performed to that level since but he really was crucial for that for that running um, and then obviously when he got suspended was when it fell apart so yeah. I just think people are going over the top and at the same time I think Neil said it earlier as well that they, they go the opposite way too much as well they criticise him far too too much he, he's, he's an OK player. Is he good enough to start for where we believe we should be? No. Is that his fault? No. I think people are far too harsh and I think people are far too supportive of him. I, I think you can just say it. It's kind of like what you said about Lovren, uh, Amara. Um, you know, he, he, he had a good half and that's fine. I want to see him perform like that on Tuesday again and on Saturday yeah. again. And, and yeah, then yeah. we can start talking about praising him. You know, the, giving him like man of the matches now. I just want a bit of consistency out of him. As you say, taking control. But he, he never seems to be the to be the player that does anymore. He, he he gets the ball and he recycles the ball very well and he gets the tempo going sometimes in the team which is great. But he's always the one who gives the ball to somebody else to do something. He he kinda of shirks the responsibility. Um in the second yeah, half yeah. yesterday when he was that bit further forward with Emery sitting deeper, he put in a few wonderful balls, just first time first time crossing and his crossing is very good um, and he took his goal exceptionally well when you think of some of the, the chances that our team you know miss and 
they, they, they would normally snap at that chance, take it first time and you had that bit of composure just to come back inside and he put it near post as well, that's what I liked about the goal the most. Not a lot of people have mentioned that. A lot of players would go try and go across the keeper there, but but he kind of gave the gave the keeper the eyes and and went to the keeper's near post. And not many players would do that. So fair play to him for that. But I do think the the praise is a bit over the top. I just think he he done okay, and that's the minimum level we should be expecting from our captain. Yeah, I agree. I mean, as we said in the pre-pod, we were talking about Moreno and how he's consistently delivered these last five or six or seven games. I think that's what we need to see. I mean, five or six or seven games still isn't enough, but it's still a nice um, run of games to show that you're good enough or that to show that top level, really. If you're doing it one game here and there, it's not going to win the fans over anytime soon. And um, he needs to do it a lot more often, him. And yeah, I mean, Coutinho is obviously just, just coming back, really, but they need to both show it. I think it was important for them both yesterday. So are you going to add something, Ali? I'm just going to move on to Phil. Um, yeah, I thought I, I thought he was he was good the first half, but again, I I just don't see the the consistency in a in a full half that a lot of people see with Phil. And this could be purely down to he's let me down so many times in the past, plus the summer. So I'm now struggling to give him the credit everybody else does. But his assist was wonderful to to Mo. Um, free kick was was excellent. Um, there was a couple of nice bits of play, but I still felt he was he, he was snapping at shots again too early. Like he, like it's like he's trying to force his way back into the the crowd again. Like you said, he's looking a bit sheepish in that there, and and rightly so. I just want him to have. Like, I think we're going to lose him next summer. I'll I'll not be too upset if we do. I just want him to have a similar Suarez type season before he leaves because it's only beneficial to the club and his value stays high. I, again, I just want to see him play on Tuesday to to his best. It only helps the club. I think a lot of people are putting that, uh, are actually adding pressure to him now. They do think, like you just said, that he will leave next summer and that he needs to do have a Suarez like last season and, and take us to some heady heights. I mean, it's, it's just, I guess it just adds the pressure on him. But, you know, some a game like yesterday goes a long way to kind of starting that process. A long way to go yet. We've still we're only in um, at the end of September. But yeah, if he does um, have anything like the season Suarez had, we'll be laughing in a few months. Yeah, um, and, and that's if we keep him. I mean, we might even keep him if we have the season that Suarez had. You know, we're we're signings coming in, and I mean, we say this every single season, but you know, bringing other players in as well and strengthening the, the first team. I mean, we might end up keeping him if we do do well in the Champions League and get top four again and you know things are looking up so that that wouldn't be too bad either but I mean I think a lot of fans as I say have just resigned to losing them and for the money that's getting floated around I'm not sure it's a bad thing yeah I mean there's a lot of a lot can change in what seven eight nine months when the uh, summer comes back around again so you just don't even know if if Barcelona will be back in or there'll be someone else that they'll want maybe a bit more so you know we'll have to wait and see for that um uh, Neil is there anything you wanted to add uh yeah well Phil um well I think Ali's right we're sort of resigned to it. I think it'd be surprised if he doesn't go next year but you're right um, I mean it might not happen they might not come back around times do move on and, and things change so maybe there will be somewhere someone else or I don't know uh, maybe Phil will decide you know what 
maybe this is a better place to stay. And um, actually, I am doing very, very well here. Thank you very much. Um, I don't know on that. Um, but one thing is for sure, we do want him to have an amazing season, whether he stays or he goes. And, you know, all the signs were that that's what we were gearing up for because, you know, before the Barcelona interest, because he's been getting better in terms of numbers year after year and he's been growing into the player that he's always had the potential to be and whether that will be this year that he that he you know really hits that mark or I, I think he'll only keep he'll keep getting better for the next few anyway he'll probably peak around about what 27 28 that that kind of age similar to Suarez I guess in that sense you think if he if he progresses on the trajectory that he's been progressing every season uh, when he's been while he's been with us, then you would expect 15, 16, maybe more, 15 to 20 goals this season, certainly all competitions, and uh, a similar number of assists. And, you know, if that's coming from midfield and you've got players ahead of him who are already banging in goals in Salah and Mane, and then, you know, things are, things are looking good, things are looking up for us. So, whether he stays or he goes, we want him to, we want him to play well while he's here. Um, Exactly. Yeah, but it'd be surprised if he does stay. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. We'll focus on this season, keep and you know get our players and especially him playing to the best of their abilities that they can. And obviously, we have Champions League. So, I just wanted to quickly before we wrap this up, have a look ahead to the Champions League game on Tuesday because it's quick turnaround of games now. So, literally a couple of days later, we're playing again. There was all this talk of maybe the game being uh, played behind closed doors, but we've now found out that it's not. So they might be punished at a later date, apparently, when they play Sevilla, possibly. So, yeah, we're going away to Russia on Tuesday, which is possibly why Klopp made his changes a little bit earlier than usual on Saturday, because Firmino came off a whole half an hour earlier. Uh, which was quite surprising. I mean, I don't know if that was down to him being just a bit off or whether or not Klopp had this game in mind. So what do you guys think of this? Ali, I'll start with you, of the of the game coming up on Tuesday. What are your thoughts, you know, your predictions? Do, what do you think might happen there? Um, I think we're favourites. Um, I think anything less than a win will be disappointing, although it's a hard place to go because we're, we're away, aren't we? We're over in... Yeah. yeah, in Moscow. Yeah, so I mean, it's not going to be an easy place to go, but quality of teams. I think we're we're head and shoulders above them without wanting to sound too arrogant. I don't know. I think the the, the win, whilst not playing great on Saturday, um, can only help the, the the players, especially after the way it's been the last few weeks. So tails should be up. Um, Manny can play. I think that's the biggest yeah. decision Klopp's kind of got to make to whether to whether to start him or not. For me, I think you've got to. Um, has he got one game left domestic ban no that's, that's it. it is that I'm done the yeah, less, yeah, yeah. The, the league cup in the middle um, counted as that's the extra right. one yep, yep. so that's him back as well so you're talking about having him back in the fold next week as well so it just gives them that bit, uh, bit more game time just to keep him on top so I think that's the biggest decision Klopp's got to make but again I just I don't see how we can accept anything other than three points here and it would just it would just top off the a few days nicely. How do you think Klopp might line up then? Do you have any preferences yourself, uh, how, how you would do it, and then what do you think Klopp uh, might well, do? Well, what I would do and Klopp would do be completely different. <laughs> let's just let's just stick with what I think Klopp might do because I think that's all we can go by. I I, I think... Mane, does Mane sure. walk back in? Or does for he me, think he might me, start on the bench? For me, does. 
because it's the Champions League, I think he'll start him. Um, he started the first game against Sevilla, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he, he's going to start. Um, I think obviously we know Carius is going to come in. Seems to be the Champions League goalkeeper. Um, I think the defence will pretty much stay the same. Um, Moreno has been his preferred choice in in Champions League anyway. Um, Lovren and Matic because there is no one else. Um, and I think Gomez will keep, will get the nod again. I think he's he's maybe won this little mini battle with Trent. For right Is it Gomez? Uh, Gomez got sent off, didn't he? Last match. Oh, so yeah. yeah. So he, so, I, I think that's why he he played yeah. um, him on the weekend because he's yeah, got so, Alexander so, Arnold's going to have to come in. Yeah. I, I'd like to think he's going to stick with the two. Cent- I'm saying that he's going to, but he he has played Clavan a couple of times now, so I'm I'm, I'm hoping. Can't believe I'm saying I'm hoping Lovren starts. But. Yeah, hmm. so I think that'll be the back four. I, I, um, Henderson, Chan. If it was me, I would play Coutinho in the three, and then bring Manny, Bobby, and Mo up front. But I, I just don't see him dropping Genie, and I, I don't know why. He's, he's just a ghost. I just, I honestly don't know what he brings. Um, Coutinho maybe misses, or maybe Bobby misses out. He likes Bobby, though, doesn't he? I don't see yeah. him. Yeah, he does. He, I think maybe he needs like last season. I remember he took him out for a couple of games, get his head straight back on. And so I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not even going to try and guess now because we do have a lot of options up there. Whether whether it's the right ones or not. Um, but I mean, Sturridge came on and played excellent on Saturday. So he's earned, he did. Yeah, he's earned a place. But for me, I would keep. Not that Sturridge would be happy. I'd keep him as our sub for the majority of games. And bring him on once defenders are tiring and the game's opened up a bit, and it just gives him that that room to do what he can do. Mm-hmm. So I it, think we should. Interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, I think you just mentioned Sturridge there. He did do really well on the at the game on the weekend, and I love the way he. You know, we all know he's a great finisher, but then he's also got this eye for a pass as well. And you know, he he links up play so well. And I just really just want to point out the way that he's handled not being first choice anymore. I think he's done it with a lot of class, actually, personally. And he's just, he's always, when he does come on, he looks like he wants to score. He looks like he wants to play. And he does, he's been, he's done really well. And this um, fitness plan that apparently he's on now as well is keeping him injury free as well. So, yeah, that was just another point from the um, game at the weekend. But, um, Neil, what do you think? How do you think Klopp might start up front? Does Sturridge get in or will he stay on the bench for Tuesday? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I think Bobby will start because he came off so early in the game, as you mentioned, Holmes, and and you know he does seem to be well, not seem to be. He is, he is the number one, the number one choice in that role. Um, I think Sturridge is a great player to have on the bench, and I think it sort of ties in with what you were saying there about accepting his his, his new role. I think maybe he realizes that the body his body can't can't take. The 90 minutes and rather than trying to sort of manage himself through 90 minutes he's he's better off playing um kind of at a, a higher octane or to his full potential in, in in half an hour 25 minute spells mm-hmm. he's a great player to have to bring on whenever defenses are a bit more a, a bit tired and um when i can only imagine that's what he's thought because i remember we us talking on pods at the end of last season we were convinced he was gone well absolutely but i mean i think I think there was a point where I thought he'd played his last game for us, but that was yeah. that was before the end of the season. And then he, he, he came back in and he played. And 
for a couple of reasons. That certainly, the, I'm sure the contract situation, um, you know, played a role. The fact that he had plenty of time left on his contract and he's, he's on a high wage and, and stuff, and also probably the idea that Liverpool wouldn't get anything like what he what he's actually probably worth, um, given his injury record and so on. But whatever. Uh, also, Klopp seemed to find a role for him at the end of the season last year um, or last campaign, which which is good. Um, because he's he's definitely an asset. I mean, I think we all certainly me and Williams we all agreed. Yeah, we both agreed that we we wanted to keep him and, and you know if he can get him for twenty games a season, he, he'll score you a minimum ten goals. So it's good to see. It's great to see in terms of the, the game how we'll line up. Ali's right. You know now that Manny's back, Coutinho's back. We've got a lot of options up there in in those kind of front six positions. Um, you'd imagine Henderson and Chan are nailed on the start of midfield. So the question is, does Coutinho start midfield or does he go as part of the front three? You probably think he starts in midfield. So is it Genie that drops out? Well, in that three, it probably has to be. That's that's how I think it will happen, but it could quite easily be. He might rest Emery. I don't see it. But I think it'll probably be Genie that drops out there. And then your front three, it probably is. Um, Mane... Salah and, and Bobby and you know it's a pretty incredible front three but then on the bench you've got you know we've got stories to bring on we're looking strong at the minute I think the back four will be the same as as, as um, Ali mentioned there um, it will be Trent as you say it, it pretty much has to be um, Lovren and Matty but the, the, the first choice so it's going to be them and Marino, choice. <laughs> yeah and Moreno's been the, the first choice left back and done really well so I think actually back four, Carrius and, uh, 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 is the keeper, obviously, then Chan, Henderson, Coutinho, midfield, and Firmino, um, Firmino, Salah, and Mane up front. Um, and you would expect us to win that game with that team. And yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's a pretty exciting team. So hopefully we are kind of over our blip and now everyone's fit and the sort of malaise over the Coutinho thing is, is behind us and stuff. Hopefully we can finally, finally be kickstarting our season now. Cool, because as as the last um, Champions League game, after the last Champions League game, we had uh, all the teams are on one point, so we're yeah. not no no one got gained any advantage. So that was a good thing because we did kind of mess that one up a little bit. So what I'm going to put you on the spot now. You know what I'm going to ask you? What are your predictions for Tuesday, Ali? Yeah. <laughs> I want minute scorers, everything. <laughs> Red card, yellow card. Well, the fact that I'm go- I'm going to go. 3-1 with Moreno to score first because Moreno is the world first goal scorer you have okay okay that's bold a bold prediction what about you Neil yeah I was going to say 3-1 but it's fucking I'll, I'll say 3-2 and Mane's going to no gonna, confidence gonna, in the back two <laughs> no I can't see a clean sheet I mean having said that I don't really know that much about Spartak Moscow but I know they, they did pretty well in the league last year I think they won the league in, in, in Russia last year I'm not 100% sure but I, I, we should be too strong for them um, they're at home though so they could easily and with our defence they, they could easily score one or two so I'll, I'll go 3-2 and I think Manny's going to give them a real a real torrid time Cool, brilliant that's good nice positive um, predictions there so yeah we play them on Tuesday night and I so we are going to hopefully come away with that with a win because we desperately need it. So I'm just going to wrap this one up now, guys. So if you've got anything, anything you want to plug, anything you want to say, just feel free. Now's your chance. 
Nothing. Not working on much at the moment. <laughs> well, you don't have to plug anything related to, to the uh, you know website. You can say what uh, you I want. Can, I plug Ozark. We've, uh, been oh, brilliant. Ozark in the last week, so. Well, yeah, yeah, I did that in the last. I was that is so good. I'm so sad that there was only one season though, because I was like lost afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> didn't know yeah. what to do with myself. Then I started Narcos, so I'm on nearly the end of season one of that. That's really good as well. Yeah, nice, nice. I, I mean, I've sort of done a bit of Narcos, but uh, I don't know. I'm thinking about getting back into it because I keep getting good good reports about it. But Ozark was excellent. Like it sort of grabbed you from the first first episode. So. It was, it was brilliant. And Ali, you surely you're watching something at the moment. You're always talking about it. Yeah, I'm always talking about some kind of drama that's on the TV. <laughs> what was the last one you watched? Taylor was the only thing I watched, but that's all finished now. I'm all caught up, so I'm kind of waiting on Neil Devlin to catch up with it, so I can, I can talk about are, it. Because... Are you like a married couple, or you watch it together? No, no, I'm finished. You can't watch it all. <laughs> I finished, I finished, I caught up with four seasons in two weeks when I was on holiday. Um, oh, they're, right. They're an hour episode long. Um, and I basically didn't leave my bedroom for like three days. That's the trouble, it. isn't it? Oh, yeah, you so do. Mm-hmm. You do kind of just tend to sit there and click next episode, next episode. That's it. Yeah, I need to binge a TV show, or I won't watch it at all. So it's not until I can find something that I'll watch, like a full season in one go. If I, if I watch one and turn it off, there's a chance I'm not going to finish it. <laughs> That's true. Cool, and I'm just going to say check out Cop Left uh, for the rest of the pods that we do and articles that are on there as well. So, yeah, that just leads me to say thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on Copcast. Bye.